Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Miami Heat basketball later this afternoon, but that is not what we are here for. Welcome in to Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show. My name is Jake Bendel, and I'm joined by Josh Houts. We are just seven days away before the Miami Dolphins will head up to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots in week one of the regular season. It seemed like maybe there'd be a chance the season would get pushed back at, you know, time or two, but we're here. That lights at the end of the tunnel, and with it, comes fantasy football drafts. And now I'm not going to jump into who I have and everything like that, but something happened last night. And, you know, the best way to have these things happen is to acknowledge it, accept it, and move on. So Josh and I were both invited to be in the same league, and our draft was last night. And, Josh, I felt this was the only fair way to introduce you to the show. Shout out to Brian Burns. we got to make sure we always promote him. Good point, good point. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian, for putting on the league. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, especially because of Josh over here. Um, he had the 12th pick in the draft, and Josh, how did that go for you? It went awful. I mean, this was a $50 <laughs> league. Brian, admittedly, peer pressured us into doing it. We love him, so obviously we're going to do it. It was with some other analysts from Dolphins Twitter. So uh, I had the 12th pick. I knew the draft. I had it written down on my board. I have everything there. You know that I paid for it. Again, 7 p.m. it was going to go off. I, I knew this, and happened and I missed it. I got all the draft Patrick Mahomes, Nick Chubb. Not happy at all with this team, but you know, that is my fault, no one else's. So, I'm just going to fight tooth and nail to get to the top and, 
you know, at best, I'm going to end up having to put it on like taxes as a donation. But you're right. <laughs> football's here. And we got to we sat here and we talked about my blown into fantasy football. I did terrible trying to introduce this show. You did a hell of a job. I forgot the Miami Heat even played later today. <laughs> I was so focused on the Tua documentary. So that is why you lead this show. Um, but you're right. You know, we're recording this at 12.50 p.m. In 10 minutes, it's about kickoff next week. One week from today, Dolphins, Patriots. I don't know how the hell we got here, but we got here. Dolphins football's on the horizon, and there's a lot to talk about, so let's dive right into it. Yeah, you know, we mentioned we were going to do two shows a week, and um, Josh kind of said it uh, earlier. It happens. We were only able to get here once this week, but now that the season's in full swing, um, we hope to see you guys as often as possible. What's really kind of thrilling moving forward is that we can kind of follow the team. What we've had to deal with this summer Football, I'm just talking football here, was something, you know, is very unusual, Not for, mostly for the fact that we couldn't really follow any storylines. Yes, you know, we got reports from camp every day, but it's not like you see a guy play in a preseason game, you root for him, and you kind of hope when you're putting together uh, your final 53-man roster, there aren't those guys you're really rooting for because you didn't get to see that story really unfold in those first four weeks. So when we were kind of sitting there, we uh, were, were thinking about if we wanted to really look at the show of who are some guys on the edge who may or may not make the team that we're kind of rooting for. But it just seemed like we really couldn't do that as much this year because, you know, there was a – what talent was on the roster last year is, obvi- was, is obviously back, excuse me. Uh, big free agent class and a big draft class. I mean, there's no room to have these really big-time heroes step up. We will get into those later. But I think first, Josh, we got to talk about the trades here because I guess the Raiders and the Dolphins love, you know, chatting with each other back and forth here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins traded a fourth-round pick, actually the same uh, pick they got from the Raiders last week. They sent it back for Lynn Bowden Jr., uh, who, I mean, it sounds like a Malcolm Perry, but this guy screams like he should just be playing wide receiver all the time. I guess he even had to play quarterback a little while last year and, and, and played pretty well. So that screams Malcolm Perry to me. But I think the big thing here was that the Raiders were using him as a running back. He was working in pass-blocking drills, and he was just getting blown up. And you can kind of think in that John Gruden style of offense of what is really happening there, that they like their guys to be able to do that. You know, if they have a weakness, they're going to work to get that weakness better. They're not always going to play him to the strengths. For instance, you have a wide receiver playing running back. Apparently, the Dolphins loved Bowden before the draft, and we're going to meet with them until COVID-19 kind of struck, and they were unable to do that. They did do a FaceTime session. And, uh, Josh, I want your input here, but I just want to read this quote from uh, Athletic, too, because this was uh, this, this really stood out to me. Uh, it says that Bowden really struggled at training camp, but that can't be the whole story, and it isn't. You're like, all right. You know, this seems like a situation where we're about to hear something good, where they're going to hear that something wasn't working right for him, and uh, it's kind of a it might not be a bad idea that he's out of uh, Las Vegas. Uh, some at the team facility thought the rookie was more concerned with picking up the new cars than the playbook. And on the field, Bowden looked measured and not explosive. On top of lack of breakaway speed, he was always getting blasted when it turned to his pass blocking. Uh, there was also some growing concerns that he was getting more and more distracted in Las Vegas and that it might be an influence on other rookies like Henry Ruggs III. That, the, that last line there, I mean... I can't think of the last time where I've heard that an NFL or a grown adult was a bad influence for another grown adult on the football field. I mean, that just seems strange to me to throw something like that in there. I don't think that's something a reporter would really make up. I do think coaches believe this. But, it's. It, I mean, it seems like a – I don't think I really buy into that all the way, especially if that is some sort of an issue that Brian Flores' culture uh, 
most certainly won't uh, put up with that. Josh, give me your initial thoughts regarding this trade. I, I like Lynn, Lynn Bowden. I mean, he wasn't a guy that I did a lot of research on pre-draft, but he was a guy that kind of heading into some of my fantasy drafts, some of my dynasty leagues, I kind of kept an eye on because I heard that, you know, he was this explosive player. Like you mentioned, he played quarterback uh, last season there at Kentucky at 185 rushing attempts, 100 or 1,468 yards, 13 touchdowns, and then he added on 30 receptions. Uh, the year prior, he had 67 receptions for 745 yards and five touchdowns. So, again, this is a guy that can do a little bit of everything. You mentioned Malcolm Perry. We all love Malcolm Perry. Dolphins got Lynn Bowden Jr., a guy who, again, he was a third-round pick. The Raiders thought highly of him. He's going to come in here. He's probably going to play some slot-wide receiver, hopefully take some punt return duties away from Preston Williams, please, Lord. And, you know, we know how badly the Dolphins need wide receivers. It's funny because we started, you know, doing the podcast together. I mentioned how good of a unit I thought it was. You kind of told me that there was some uncertainty there. You know, reasons, you know, a player could fall down here or there and, you know, everything could unwire. And that's kind of what we've seen unfold here. So the Dolphins are kind of filling in this roster with some of these younger players, these unknown commodities. I love the trade here. I hated getting rid of Raycon McMillan, but when you look at this on the surface, if the Dolphins didn't believe that McMillan was a scheme fit, which they obviously did not, they thought they'd get that, uh, you know, the production from Landon Roberts and then Camus Grazier Hill and coverage, um, you know, they felt that trade needed to happen. They turned around here. They felt they needed to upgrade at wide receiver. I like this move. Another move we're going to jump right into, and I know you sent me a tweet earlier this morning, and I should have just trusted you. I, I really should have, but <laughs> Uh, I'll let you tell me what you saw because, I mean, you were the first person that truly brought that to my attention. And, you know, there's a little teetering back and forth, but ultimately, you know, he did land on the roster. Tell us about Antonio Callaway. Yeah, so there was a there was a Facebook post and it was like a blurry picture. It was like this picture was like smuggled into the country or something like that. And a secret uh, document of this long, you know, scoped out site of we think we see it. We think we have a target, but we're not entirely sure. Uh, it was Antonio Callaway saying he signed with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, apparently Callaway on his Facebook, he spells his name with an O. Well, I mean, he has three A's. So the last A is replaced by an O in way. So it's more of a woe. Um, and it was, it was a little weird because, you know, everyone started calling it out because he, uh, he had his name wrong, but all of a sudden Ian Rappaport's, uh, announcing the same thing. I think Barry Jackson also announced it as well. Uh, he's going to be signing with the Miami Dolphins practice squad. And you mentioned kind of the wide receiver room already being flipped upside down. I mean, the thing that Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson definitely brought to this group, whether it was for the short term or the long term, was wiggle room, I, I think is a great way to put it. Because you know that, you know, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, those are your top two guys. But and then you have some guys you have high hopes for, whether it was Isaiah Ford, whether it was Kurt Merritt at the time who was cut, whether it's Malcolm Perry, who, again, I was trying to scream, let's be patient, let's be patient. However, that seems like we don't really have to be too patient with them. That wiggle room's gone. So when you look at guys like Antonio Callaway, when you look at Bowden, these are guys that, you know, need to come in and they're going to see time. Uh, Callaway has a three-game suspension, but I think overall he's someone who's going to get an opportunity and uh, it's just going to be up to him to really take advantage of it and stop the off-field nonsense he's dealt with in the past. Yeah, and I think the best thing about the Dolphins, you know, since Brian Flores and the staff, you know, came in here is they're giving some of these players a second chance. And sometimes it's not always going to work out, but... You know, Antonio Callaway, he had that breakout season as a rookie. Uh, we know he got into a little bit of trouble. He's 23 years old. You know, he's from the area. So hopefully the Dolphins can groom this man. Again, it's the practice squad, so it's not this huge risk. But again, a, a team that needs wide receiver help, uh, what's what's it hurt to go out there and hope that maybe you can turn him into that prospect that many thought he could be coming out of college. So 
uh, you know, I don't really see any negatives for this. You know, again, this is one of those uh, low-risk, high-reward signings, and we saw it work out time and time again. And we're going to see him hit and miss every now and then. But I'm excited Mark for this Walton. add-on. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Mark Walton's a, a perfect example. And, you know, Eric Rowe, I mean, that's a prime example of a player that does work out. So, uh, right. you know, it's we'll see what happens. I think the Dolphins could definitely use a talent like Callaway. But, you know, it's, it's funny. You're just starting to see these Dolphins just bringing all these guys that can do a bunch of different things, a ton of speed. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch once they unleash two and one. Once everything starts to come together, it is going to be exciting to watch. And, you know, it's it's the 2020 seasons here. I mean, I still can't believe it. We're a week away, man. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. It's, you know, it, it's very exciting, let's say the least. Uh, Thursday football starts, start putting together your fantasy lineups, throwing whatever bets you want. And two, I just want to send out the reminder that I, I try to hit the retweet button whenever I see any type of news like this uh, as soon as possible. Uh, be sure to hit that follow button on Twitter for us. I am at jmendel3194. jmendel94, excuse me, someday I will get that right. Houch is at H-O-U-T-Z. I repeat, H-O-U-T-Z, simple enough. Uh, and you know what? You guys are what make this podcast roll. So if you could smash that subscribe button, leave a review. We'll get to a couple of our reviews later in the show. Sorry, those are a little uh, overdue. But Josh, let's get into some of these cuts here. Again, I kind of mentioned it that there weren't a lot of these guys we were really banging our fists on the table for. I know some people kind of go overboard about, you know, fifth and sixth running backs who who can really make an impact on this team, yada, yada, yada. But even then, when we're looking at the 53-man compared to the 57-man, I don't think we really had too many guys that we were desperate to have on the team. Um, the Waves actually started midweek or so. Uh, Josh Rosen, he was released. Well, I'll, I'll get your opinion on that in a second. But I just want to clear out the wide receivers and get that out of the way since we're already talking about them. Uh, Chester Rogers, Kurt Merritt, Ricardo Lewis. Lewis was the only guy who caught that touchdown in that scrimmage uh, last Saturday. Uh, currently, it's looking like Parker, Preston Williams, Jakeen Grant, Isaiah Ford, Mac Hollins, and Malcolm Perry will be the six. We set, we just said it. Antonio Callaway will go to the practice squad. Uh, Barry Jackson said Gary Jennings wasn't someone who made too much of an impact during camp. Uh, and Kirk Merritt, Matt Cole, two guys eligible for the practice squad. But that's really the direction the Dolphins are going after losing Wilson and Hearns. And that uh, guess that veteran floor is, is really what we're going to miss about them. Like I said, that wiggle room. But uh, Josh, give me your reaction here. I'm looking at these wide receivers. I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting group. I mean, we got those two studs, those you know those big bodies in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. I don't think that anyone has any doubts of what type of talents they are. You know, we, we both know that they can be number one wide receivers in the NFL. It all to come back to health. And when you talk about health, you got to talk about Shaquem Grant. You got to talk about Isaiah Ford. You know, this entire unit's going to depend on if they can remain healthy. But you look at him and there's a lot of speed here. There's a lot of size and there's a lot of potential to make big plays. And you got to be excited about it. I mean, it's it's a different looking group from last year. It's different looking group, you know, obviously from from years past, and that's just coming from a skill set perspective. 
I mean, some of these guys can do a variety of different things. They can play on the inside. They can play on the outside. I think, you know, Changeli's offense, you know, you keep hearing about how creative these receivers can be. Let's see what they can do. And I, I think if it all comes together, um, I think they're going to make out pretty good given all the circumstances they dealt with. I mean, it, it sucked at Albert Hearns and uh, – Sorry, Albert Wilson, Allen Hearns both opted out, but you respect their decision. And the Dolphins' uh, receiving core doesn't look the same as it did back in you know back when we again first started doing these podcasts. But it looks like a promising young unit, and I'm excited to see how they progress throughout the season. Yeah, and you know if if we want to just touch on fantasy here for a second, I think whoever takes that slot receiver position is really going to have a strong opportunity to to be a, a big threat for the team this year. And with that, I'm going to bring this up. Uh, the Dolphins did cut a wide receiver, or a quarterback, excuse me, and that was Josh Rosen. And Josh, I want to get your take on the cut, but I just want to preface it by saying this is kind of what we wanted. This screams that Tua's healthy and ready to go whenever the time is available. Yes, there could be the if and but concerns of what if people get sick, what if people get hurt, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, if the they're doing following all the protocols, everything goes the way it should – um, I mean, you should be happy with Fitzpatrick and Tua as their two guys. And it's a little telling that uh, Rosen, there was no one wanting to trade a seventh-round pick for him. He cleared waivers. Um, I guess there must have just been a lot we didn't see that that showed that he was struggling to really pick up the offense. Yeah, and it has to be. I mean, you heard about the tools being there, and he, he had the best arm in camp. And, you know, he, he made some impressive throws, but he's just continuing to struggle with, you know, getting the the mental aspect of the game. And that's kind of crazy to think when you remember Josh Rosen coming out of college and you know, a lot of people thought he was the most pro ready quarterback and he was a guy that was very smart and could you know come in and, and make an impact in the, the NFL he hasn't done that yet he's 23 years old and for me it's twofold you, you love to hear that Tua Tungvalu is this far along and you know he's looked this good and if Ryan Fitzpatrick you know, you know knock on wood something happened to him you know Tua would be ready to go they say but you would have liked to have Josh Rosen in 2020 in this type of year. You know, again, he's 23. You already invested a second-round draft pick in him. He's not making a lot of money over the next two seasons. What would have hurt to kept him around? I mean, I understand you're making these difficult decisions. you got to make these roster cuts. What would have it honestly have hurt? It wasn't going to hurt you financially, and it's not going to hurt to his development, and at least I don't believe so. So what would have hurt to see what he could do? Because, again, for me, the biggest thing is Ryan Fitzpatrick's a great backup quarterback. He is going to be a great mentor to Tua Tungvaluwa, and he's an awesome starter. I mean, I loved what he did last year, but eventually he's going to turn into Fitch Tragic, and, you know, his time, I mean, he's 37. I mean, eventually he's not going to be able to continue playing at the high level he is, and that's going to be Tua Tungvaluwa's time. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to hang up the cleats, and then who's going to be behind him? You know, Jake Roddick, I mean, I would much rather, I would have felt probably a little bit more comfortable with with Josh Rosen getting thrown into action, you know, if if went back, it went south, then, then Jake Roddick. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But for me, I didn't love the move, but I, I do respect the Dolphins for realizing that they made a mistake and, and they moved on to it in a rather quick way. And they did give Josh Rosen an opportunity to stick on another team. But like you said, uh, no one claimed him, and, and that, that says a lot. Yeah, and you know, all the reports really say he struggled in camp, and, and I, I just kind of think back to how often you see third-string quarterbacks play throughout a year. Um, if your third-string quarterback has to play in any given season, I think it's more of an issue that your third-string quarterback is playing, not necessarily that you have one with upside. I think that's kind of what it boils down to there. But again, um, I think we both like to trade for him. Sometimes things don't work out. It is what it is. There's no really 
there's no strong way to defend it here. Uh, it was a bad trade. That That's kind of how history is really going to look at it here, um, especially when you're drafting two of the next year. At running back, the Dolphins are keeping Breda and Howard. That was no surprise there. Patrick Laird, Miles Gaston, and Chandler Cox. Chandler Cox actually made the 53. You wondered if he was going to stick around with the tight end, maybe being able to play uh, the fullback role in the challenge-gated system. However, that seems to not be the case. Uh, so that means... Uh, Kalen Balazs is gone. I'm, I'm actually pretty surprised that both Laird and Gaskin made it. I thought for sure one of those guys would have to, you know, be the odd man out, but it just doesn't seem that way. Uh, that, that I mean, there's nothing too, too surprising there, though, in, in the grand scheme. Like I said, I mean, if we could have seen Salvana Med play for a game, maybe we'd have fallen in love with him a little bit. Maybe he'd have one, like, 60-yard run that everyone loved Kalen Balazs for for three years. Uh, and, but, I mean, here we didn't really get to see him play much. There's nothing to really show that, hey, I really hope the Dolphins kept this guy around um cornerbacks tay hayes kevin webster two guys who played with the team last year were released hayes was actually the 54th man on the roster as he was on the team until bowden was acquired josh does anything really stand out to you here uh, i love the way you gave kalen balaj one last kick out the door <laughs> you, just, you just had to get that little that little poke in there but i mean nothing here is too surprising i do think we have to reiterate and or just kind of bring up the fact that we saw last season how Often, you know, Brian Flores and Chris were bringing in players and rotating guys in that they picked up on the streets. You know, they were in the, the starting rotation. We don't know if this is the final. I mean, anything could change between now and, and a week from now. I mean, there could be different players on this roster. But as of now, this is the way it looks. And I, I'm not too surprised by this running back unit. And we got to mention Malcolm Perry is listed, I believe, on the on the website as a running back still. And, you know, Lynn Bowden was, you know, drafted by the Raiders to be a running back. So these are guys that have that skill set, have that potential to line up back there. And I am a little bit excited to see the way, you know, Chan Gailey and everyone makes jokes and I make some too as well, you know, about how old he is, but you hope he brings in some of that wildcat style offense and, and utilizes some of these players. Cause uh, there's a lot of guys on this roster with a lot of different uh, versatile ways that they could, you know, make plays. And again, we got all this speed. This offense is going to be fun to watch a running back unit that looks like this compared to last year's. I mean, that's a huge, huge upgrade. I, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick will lead the team in rushing in, in 2020. God, I hope not. And Josh, I have a question for you. I, I don't want this question to be looked at under like a microscope. I want it to kind of be viewed in the big picture here. Um, when you look at Bowden and, and Malcolm Perry, what they bring to the table, can they be this season's Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant? Now, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, high-fiving into the end zone, but just two really fast, small playmakers that are going to line up all over the field, both Grant and, and Wilson back in that 2017 season where they were kind of carrying that 3-0 start. They carried that win over the Bears, made Brock Osweiler look, Osweiler look serviceable. That was 2000. Um, I think that was also 2017. It's all kind of blended together at this point. But but either way, do you see these two as having the potential to kind of be those um, those flashy scat guys who, again, I think we've talked about this before, that you can't feed them the ball and they're not going to go for 70 yards every play. I mean, Tyreek Hill's just a different breed. But just playmakers who, you know, every three or four games, we can lean on them to really, really, really have a strong performance. Yeah, I absolutely see the potential here. I don't think that, you know, they're as fast as a Jakeem Grant or even maybe an Albert Wilson, but I do think that they, they are these players that they're going to line up in the slot. They're going to create those mismatches, you know, in coverage with a nickel corner or, or a linebacker. And from there, you know, anything could happen. I think we sit here and we talk about Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson and the explosive plays that they made. The biggest thing is that we have not seen that consistently. And I think that if, you know, either Bowden or Malcolm Perry can come in here and, and forge a role as a slot wide receiver and go out there 
and make plays like we saw them make in college. I mean, the sky's the limit. But again, I think the most intriguing part about this is that they can both throw the football. You know, they can both run the football. They can both catch the football. And from there, you know, the possibilities are endless. We love these type of players as fans. You know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But um, you hope Changeli has a, a role or, or something in mind for Bowden. And that's why they made this trade. And you already hope that Malcolm Perry, we, we hear him making these big plays in practice. I mean, you're right. We it was, This was a bone bear practice or off season. We didn't really get the same kind of look at these players that we would have gotten years past. But, I mean, who was one of the names that stood out? I mean, each week, you know, we kept hearing about Malcolm Perry. Every practice, you know, he was mm-hmm. making that big, that splashy play. So I'll say Malcolm Perry absolutely has that potential. And we'll say Bowden, based on what I've seen in college and, and some of these highlights, also has the potential. But, you know, Malcolm Perry's been here longer. He's already kind of made that impression. I think it's going to be Malcolm Perry's, uh, he, you know, made a first stab at it behind an Isaiah Ford to go out there and make that slot roll. So I'm excited. I, we'll see what happens. Again, it's a bunch of young, talented players. They got to have a plan. Before we get to our reviews, I think it's just worth noting that Tony Romo, Jim Nance, the quote-unquote top CBS crew, will be in New England for week one uh, between the Patriots and Dolphins. I would love to have been a fly in that room when they decided where these guys were going to go because I I guess you do have to think about how the Houston Texans and the Chiefs are playing on Thursday night. They're two of the best teams in uh, the AFC right there, so that's taken right off the board. But, I mean, that's exciting. I mean, it's going to be fun having Tony Romo jazzed up. That is really all I look for on a Sunday, and the fact we get that week one, it's good to see. It's something I'm excited about, and... Again, it's not a huge deal, but I just thought it was a little interesting that they viewed this as the most interesting game of week one. Uh, Cam Newton versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who would have ever thunk this would be the 2020 season? I mean, I mean, I guess to see the AFC East, like most you know, experts and analysts, I use the, the air quotes, but you know, it's wide open. And we saw what the Dolphins did week 17 last year. Why can't they do it again? And everyone's intrigued mm-hmm. to see what Cam Newton does with, with Bill Belichick. Um, we're doing this podcast again. It's one twelve on Sunday. Barry Jackson just dropped this nugget per source. Dolphins signing cornerback Tay Hayes to practice squad. Like you said earlier, he essentially finished 54th in a battle of 53. So we're going to continue to hear some of these, you know, these guys landing on the practice squad over the next few hours. But um, there's that. So, again, he was one of those guys that it sounded like he impressed on in some of those, uh, you know, those practices, some of those reports that we heard early on. So we'll, we'll see what he can do. And if he gets called up this year, you know, anything could happen again in 2020. Absolutely. I completely agree. Let's end the show here. Have a couple of reviews. Brian. Oh, Brian, we're going to shed you in a bad light here. I'm sorry. It took us so long to read this, but uh, he says, good show. First time listener, longtime Finn fan. I truly think Rosen has the tools to be special if the Finns can have the line to protect him. And that's kind of the thing we've said about quarterbacks forever. I, I, I think the key is, and the question we want to ask is, how good does an offensive line need for a quarterback to be special? We saw the same thing with, you know, Tannehill. I don't think all those lines were nearly, nearly as awful as um, they could have been. Don't get me wrong. They were they were pretty bad. But uh, you you want a guy who can kind of negate some of the struggles your offensive line has and maybe even makes them look a little better than they really are. Uh, the kid has an arm for sure. Tua, like all the mo- mobile quarterbacks in the league, has talent, but the longevity has not been proven well for his skill set in the long term. Uh, I mean, his mobility, I think, needs to be compared, if you're comparing it to anyone, has to be Russell Wilson. I think if we're going to compare him to someone who moves a lot, around a lot, they look at him as like a Drew Brees, someone who's going to sit in the pocket, be accurate. But then you look at Wilson's way of just uh, escaping everything. I mean, Seattle's offensive line was atrocious when they drafted Ru- when they drafted Wilson, excuse me. 
So, I mean, and he was always scrambling back there. He was avoiding sacks. So that's something I'm not really concerned about. And, and when you think about longevity and players being injury prone, what I think about is how Ryan Tannehill was clobbered the first five years of his career over and over and over again. But then the ACL injury happens and then the ACL injury happens and then he misses two seasons and all of a sudden he's an injury prone quarterback. So, I mean, I guess people are injury prone until they're not. That's not something I'm really willing to uh, submit to as for a 21-year-old quarterback, anything like that. Um, I get the concern. I truly do, but it's not something I'm I'm having too big of a deal with yet. Josh, we got one more. I think you should read it because this is kind of uh, – it, it's, it's highlighting you, to say the least. Okay. This uh, it says Finn Sider or Finn Sider. So one's with a P, one's with an F. It says it's the Josh Houts Fan Club. Great show. A lot of options out there for Dolphin-centric content but I would certainly suggest adding them because they provide great insight. There's just something special about hosts that really love the team but can still be objective. So uh, thank you. For, I'm glad that, you're part that of the was, Josh. Uh, that was Chris uh, Lorando. Uh, he he met, talks to us all the time on Twitter. Thanks for leaving that comment, Chris. It's, it's greatly appreciated. I'm sorry if I just butchered your name. Uh, but but I think it's PH. I think for Finsider, we got to go PH. It just, it just fits better, I feel. I agree. Also, two Dolphins adding Kurt Merritt and uh, Derval. Uh, NATO, I, I don't even know how to Cortez, Cortez, NATO. Uh, I'm just butchering it. Right? Yeah, it's a defensive lineman turned offensive lineman. He'll be joining the practice squad. Guys, uh, please, please hit us with your reviews. We, we like reading them. We love talking to you guys. If you can, hit us with that five star. It helps us so much. It helps us, you know, get those downloads up. And that that's just appreciated. It makes the show better for us and it makes the show better for you guys. Again, I can be found on Twitter at jmendel94. Houts can be found at H-O-U-T-Z. It seems like we're looking at recording a preview for this weekend, Wednesday, publishing it Thursday, and then we'll have something either Sunday night or Monday morning uh, recapping the entire show. We look forward to sharing it with you guys. The journey of the NFL season for the 2020 uh, campaign is about to begin. I'm looking forward to it. And Josh, most importantly, my friend, fins up. Fins up. Let's go. Game week. Patriots are going down. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.